This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, Michelle Garside. How you doing? Oh my gosh, are we live right now? We're live right now. I, 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 okay. Well, I know Michelle because I was her sponsor in OA. And <laughs> this was like, I don't know, five years ago? Five years yeah. ago? Five years ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've I've been uh, like super transparent. I'm transparent about everything, apparently. But um, but you know, you learn a lot about someone when you're their sponsor. And Michelle, you are as special and as deep and as wise as they come. I'm so happy oh to have God. you here. And I've been so um, moved to see how your family's growing. You you relocated in the middle of the pandemic um yeah your business is thriving and i i wanted to have you on because for many reasons for many reasons but um you know the mom curious crowd is like you know they're they're ambitious women who want may or may not want children and um you've always been so forthright about your experience and and you've always been soulful uh, in everything that you do and i thought you'd be just like a really just beautiful mentor of source as you are in your real life so would you introduce yourself yes first of all let me just say daniela oh my gosh i am so happy to be here with you to see you i just love you so much i I am just so honored and more than anything, just so grateful to be with you right now. Um, I adore you. I love you. Um, I feel very blessed. And yes, hello, everybody. My name is Michelle Garside. I am a mom of two, Riker Bear and Jordy B, um, a four and a half year old and an eight month old. And I am the founder of Soul Camp, the adult sleepaway camp for the soul, and also Soul Camp Creative, a full-service branding design development agency specializing in the transformational space, um, and do a lot of other things. Also, just got back from leading 18 women in Sedona, taking another group to Hawaii, doing a lot of clearing, energy work, all that good spiritual stuff. Um, but my favorite, my favorite role is, is, is creating community right here where I'm at with my family and also, you know, with, with like-minded people like you, Daniela. So I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to have you. I didn't know that you're now, you've now moved into the healing space yourself. I know that you, you always have taken your business savvy and facilitated others in healing yeah you know communities but i are you now um are you now in this role of healer i'm a healer that's like the the ongoing joke with my business partner i'm a healer um you know it's interesting i just got off a therapy session literally right before this as you do as i do and i was talking about this because you know i in my business right what i do is i create 
the brand of who you are, who you're for, how you're differentiated, what we're calling you, tagline, mission statement, how this brand speaks, the personality of the brand, what we're calling your offerings. All of this unique, authentic, genuine um, language, verbiage, um, content as it relates to what you're here to do. And it always fit under that container of, oh, I'm a brand strategist, clearly. Like, this is what I do. This is what I'm here to do. And along the way, you know, I got trained as a oneness facilitator. I studied in India for a month at the Oneness University. I have different modalities that, that I, I tap into, but I never, ever, ever, ever saw myself or felt comfortable in any other container other than brand strategist, so community gatherer, CEO, founder, you know, and it really wasn't until Sedona when it was had nothing to do with business, right? These women were not coming to build their businesses, build their brands, get out there on Good Morning America. That's not why they were here. They were here because they had some shit going on. They were here because they were in the mud. They were here because they wanted to transmute, transform, translate their trauma over the last few years into something new, something different, something valuable. Um, And so I just put my hand up. I did it with my, my, the the retreat, my business partner, and also with Lucy Osborne, who is the, um, the the, runs a practice called Intensati, which is the cardio. Yes. Yes. You, Patricia Moreno's partner. Um, And we did it together and, it was just like, okay, Michelle, so you'll lead these few two-hour sessions. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I was like, what the hell am I going to be doing? Because Allie is a Tibetan bull sound practitioner. Lucy runs Intensati, mind-body-spirit connection. What am I, going to build a tagline? Like, what am I going to be doing? And so I had a lot of my own, I, you know, self-imposter syndrome, fraud, who am I to say that I'm holding space for these two hours? What am I even going to do? Like, I can talk about my, you know, story and my drug stuff and my food stuff and my alcohol stuff, but like, what is, that's not, what am I going to do? Um, and I really, I mean, I'm here for that too, just for the record. Let let the record state. I'm always here for that. I'm always here for that. But, you know, and it's very healing, actually. Stories are very healing. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, absolutely. One hundred percent. That's like yeah. what I'm here to do is help others be able to tell their own story. But mm. yeah. Anyway, so for the first time, really, I, I led um, guided visualizations. I did some inner child stuff. I did some future self stuff. Um, and it, I did Deetcha, Oneness Blessing. It was amazing it was yeah. profound and i realized i'm a healer yeah <laughs> michelle you I, are mazel tov yeah thank you, thank you. it yeah it yeah. felt like that the bat mitzvah of my soul yeah Fun fact i'm um just learning now how to read torah so that i can get bat mitzvah wait you're not bat yeah. I mean, you know, in like Orthodox Judaism, girls don't read from the Torah, which is oh. so funny because, yeah, you didn't even realize that. So, yeah, my friend, my friend who's a rabbi is teaching me. And um, I just I love that that bat mitzvah, like that that was a bat mitzvah for your for your soul, that you were the 
you know, it, it is a, a mitzvah to have held space the way you did and to be brave, you know, to say like, wait, uh, you guys trust me. I, I'm just going to borrow your trust in me yeah. and trust myself. And you did it. How long was that um, retreat? It was five days in Sedona. We stayed at this incredible resort called Enchantment. We had 18 women. Um, and it was profound. And more than anything, I, I left with a new understanding of myself. I left yeah. um, transmuted truly yeah. into something yeah. new. And I'm just still in that discovery process of what that is. And I just said to my therapist, I was like, I just feel so grateful that I'm so young. I'm 38 years old. Like I have like, life is so long. Like I get yeah. to now uncover this whole new moment for myself. How grateful I feel. Um, so yeah. Anyway, those are all the things that I do as of today. Who knows? As of today. As of today. Who knows where I'm going? I, you know, it's so, it's so clear. Like, even just talking about the sponsor situation, I don't sponsor anymore, but I found that to be so like personally fulfilling. It is so fulfilling to do good. <laughs> so fulfilling to be useful and helpful and, and to connect deeply with people. I mean, I think that something that we, you and I both share is that like, like we're like, we're good at fluff. Like we're, we're definitely good at partying and dancing and cheerleading and that, but there's nothing like a soul connection. There is nothing like real deep dive um, conversation. Yeah, and heart Danielle, heart you, you are that. Like you walk through life as that. You don't even need to, to think about it. Like everywhere you go, you are that connection for, you know, people. It's impossible to not feel that with you because you are just, you're a walking heartbeat. You know, it's like you are just so that. And I know how many people and especially your listeners who are listening to this right now feel so connected to you, feel so um, just like they, they know your they know your heart and it's because you allow people to. And what a blessing that is to walk through life in that way. Taking that in. Yeah. Really taking that in. Thank you. Yeah. I think um part of the trust that, that I've built over the last, this will be in season three. So over the last three seasons with, with this podcast is that like, we get to ask the hard questions with people who are willing to yeah. share, you know, for the hope that the next, I don't know if it's the next generation, but the le next leg of, of women and mothers don't have to necessarily learn the same lessons. They'll learn different lessons. Yeah. Uh, but, but believe me, Oh, uh, I was talking, you know, my mother is here and she was like, that, I mean, that could be a whole other podcast, but, um, no, this is the podcast. This, this is it. This is what we're, this, this is what is we're it. gearing up for. This is it. So my mother is here and she said something to me just like off the, off the hook of like, wow, you're just so much more at ease, the Jordy than, than you were with Riker. And I was like, uh, yeah, I was in full postpartum depression with Riker oh. and, uh, had gone off my antidepressant. I'm on Zoloft. Thank God for Zoloft. And thank Hashem for Zoloft. Really, oh God. My God. Seriously. And, yeah. and that is like the biggest lesson I remember. I was walking around the Upper West Side after having my first, so disconnected from myself, so disconnected from him, so disconnected from all of it. And just like feeling like, is this what motherhood is? Mm. And 
I am just so grateful. I had a friend who was like, Michelle, go to your sickness. Like, why you you don't need to suffer? Like, yeah, you, you don't, don't need to, to be in this space, space of suffering. So I always say that to new moms. If I feel like they are where I was, which is just a really, really scary, sad place, mm-hmm. um, you don't need to stay there. You don't need no. to stay there. I, it's funny because we have talked to several people about postpartum depression. Some, you know, and I think the 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 there are a bunch of different ways to medicate and deal with and address. Um, and we've talked about psilocybin, we've talked about cannabis, but we have never had the conversation about how truly transformational pharmaceutical drugs can be for the motherhood experience, how safe it is for breastfeeding. <sighs> my God, I, whoa, I just really had a wave of relief just now. Oh my gosh. Thank, thank you, medicine. You know, I, say, you know, God, and I have to say this to myself, like I was with my first so much in the New York city wellness cleanse colonic world, um, that like I had so much guilt and shame around medication back then. And, Mm. um, and it saved my life. God made medicine, like God made medicine. God made medicine. Yeah. And like you don't need to suffer. No. From green juice. You don't need to try to green juice your depression away. Like No, you don't need to sage it away. Sage is not gonna take away postpartum de- depression, baby. No, like I mean it's not gonna do it. No no amount of Palo Santo, no chanting. Mm-mm. Literally. There is no hare hare, you know, there is no there is nothing that will take that, you know, will take away true disease in that way. In my opinion, in my personal experience. And it doesn't take away from doing the deep work. You know, for me, I tried um, antidepressants and it didn't work. So I I went a different route. But let me tell you, I tried. Let me tell you, I tried. And I do think that um, I experienced a lot of of relief on antidepressants. And mostly the, the lesson was you don't have to suffer. I don't know who put the chip in our brain. I don't know who put the chip in our brain that we need to suffer, that it's just part of the deal, that no. No. No, no, no. That's not what life is about, guys. If you're in the middle of suffering and you think that it's um, productive in some way, I... Yeah, but, and that... I don't think it is. And that sense of suffering, you know, like I realized was so in me, right? Like work is supposed to be a challenge, a struggle, like getting to the top, motherhood, same thing. And it was like, what if it could be easier? What if I use the things that were at my disposal, like to make my life easier? And it takes an untangling of identity of martyr, right? Like, which I so had, which was like, I'm going to white knuckle this. Like, I'm going to figure this out. (laughs) And like, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes ever is rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. Rock bottom became the solid foundation. And so I had hit such a rock bottom after my first. And I was, I'll never forget walking around 69th between Columbus and Amsterdam being like, 
I don't know if I can, like, this is horrible. Yeah. Um, and, and went on the last, oh, yeah. and everything shifted for me. And whatever that is for you, if it's not Zoloft and if it's something else, but I just want to be at such a stand and a voice for eradicating the shame as it relates to medication. Um, I want that too. I want that so badly. I take medicine. I take two medications for my thyroid and I have since I was 18 and it's kept me alive. It's, it's literally made life from my body. I mean, thank God for modern medicine. Thank God for modern medicine. I don't know what this bizarro, like, like a cucumber isn't gonna do it. Celery juice is not going to enjoy the celery juice, but that's not a proxy for like uh, medicine. I know. And like in this world, and again, I speak from this world, but like in this world of like goop and juice press and all of these amazing things. Amazing. There's like, there is, or I have felt this, like there, you know, the nat quote unquote the natural way is the only way. Um, right. Oh my gosh. Or when people call like um vaginal unmedicated labors na- natural birth, you're like the f- excuse it's what what in what in what world is any birth unnatural? Bizarre. So bizarre. But so I I'm with you and I appreciate you and I'm like I'm echoing your sentiment that we need not suffer, that medicine is is here if you need it, guys. It's here if you need it. Amen. Um, you did mention the transmuting and the translating of your, the past few years, the COVID years, right? Yeah. The COVID years. The COVID years. What went on for you? So the COVID years were pretty wild. Um, so back in March, 2020, um, very soon I got COVID then. And then very soon after my husband's company, by the way, he, I don't know if you know this, Daniela, but speaking of this whole world, like he works at, he's this. Sakara. Sakara. I know. I know. The delicious food. Yeah. Delicious. Sign me up. Yes. Let's, let's do a partnership. Okay. okay. I, don't worry. I already clocked that. I was like, yeah. Okay. Go on. I have a code if you need it. Um, okay, great. So he, I, his company was like, we're not coming back to work. Like, we're not coming back to the office. We are remote until January. And back then, I was like, what do you mean? Two weeks to flatten the lot, the curve. Like, January? This is crazy. It's two weeks to flatten the curve. Aren't we all watching Cuomo? And Eric, I was. And I was. I was back then. And Eric was like, we have to leave. And I was like, oh, is this the time that we're going to a two-bedroom in, in Cobble Hill? And he was like, no, we have to, like, leave for a house for the yard. And I was like, a house with a yard. And so literally off of Zillow.com, sight unseen, we picked the house in Connecticut because we couldn't go because we were like the epicenter of, of the pandemic. And we moved to Fairfield, Connecticut in what was supposed to be a six-month move. We got a house with a yard, the whole thing. You you rented or you bought? You rented. You rented. Okay. With your child, one child at the time, right? One child at the time who was literally, it was like 
We had a thousand square foot apartment, which I thought was a big apartment. Huge. Huge. But once I was working there, Eric was working there, and my son was on Zoom with the JCC, like not, not big anymore. Not big anymore. So we moved and very soon after realized, oh, wait, like this is a global pandemic. Like we might be in this for a while. So we were like, all right, let's just stay until until we can go back. And then after a year, it was like, wow. oh, wow, maybe we're not going back. And we got a dog. And yeah. it, it took me a really long time to be like, I'm living on a cul-de-sac. Like, what is this? Um, but after a year, we realized, okay, maybe this is the time. So we bought a big house out here with a pool. Danielle, you have to come with the kids. It's amazing. You throw the best parties. I really do. And, <laughs> um, and we stayed. So that was one thing going on. But as far as the trauma, um, my mom got COVID and the COVID went to her brain. So, um, like so many, for so many people, the COVID goes to your lungs and that's what we hear about all the time, right? The ventilators and everything. But for my mom, the COVID went to her brain and because she has slight mental illness, a little bit of bipolar, like no big deal. Like, don't we all? But when the COVID went to her brain, it exacerbated what was already there. And so for, um, three full months, she exhibited a schizophrenic. So she was inpatient at Yale. It was the hardest time of of my life because every other day I was at Yale, she was she was hallucinating. She was restrained. It was in, literally crazy. Um, and so that was going on. And yeah, while you were so you were at Yale, that's in Connecticut. Uh, so that was close by to your house, but your son was still. A little kid yeah and so, you got a dog that the dog was still like how I you were back still, and forth dog was a little dog and i was back and forth so i spent every other day for three months sitting advocating for my mom because the way that she was exhibiting was as if she was a severely schizophrenic homeless woman off the street that's how it and so i had to just keep saying every day this is a PhD psychologist from the Upper West Side. She lives alone. She goes to Broadway. She, like, just three days ago called me from Target. Like, this is not, this is not her normal. This is not her baseline. And literally, it was the, and there was at back then so little known about COVID in the brain. So the head of neurology, the head of psychiatry, and the head of infectious diseases were studying her. So she was like catatonic. So you would like put her hand up and it would stay there like a puppet. And so like every- for how long this went on for three months and then. No, but, but catatonic, I don't even really know what oh, that means with it. Hand stays up for how long? Um, For like maybe an hour at a time. <gasps> so like her, her arm would go up like this. She lost the ability to walk. Um. And when I see, like, she was restrained, her hands were restrained, her, her belly was restrained because she was going to bite the nurses. She was positive. Oh, no. It was unbelievable, literally. And at one point... And, and you were there? You watched this demise? I was there. And I thought, oh, the miracle here. I mean, literally, Daniela, like, at one point, the head of infectious diseases at Yale looked at me and goes, has your mother ever been bitten by a raccoon? 
And I was like, you have no idea what's going on with my mom, do you? It was like at that moment. Because they thought she had rabies? They thought, yeah, they thought it was rabies. They thought it was Lyme. They thought, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, a lot. And there are some days that it looks like this is your mom now. Um, so the miracle of this, and you might remember this, Ella, from Say that again. Sorry. The miracle. And like, I'm always now talking about what is the miracle in the mud? Like, if you find yourself in the mud, if you find yourself in there, what, what it feels like you are buried, you are underground, you are, it is just dirt everywhere. What is the miracle? Maybe you're, maybe you're a flower and you're freaking growing through that mud, right? Maybe you're just being fertilized right now. The miracle in that mud was that I hadn't spoken to my brother right. in three years. Well, I remember us talking about this then. Wow. So from that, wow. we didn't, I could cry. We didn't speak for three years. And so he missed knowing my son. Oh. I missed watching him get married. Oh. It was painful and, and sad and necessary. And yeah, I remember you really wanting it to work. You wanted to be in his life. So three years had passed. And then when all of this was happening with my mom, I was like, oh shit, is this the time I have to like tell David to come say goodbye? Like not goodbye because her body was going to die, but her brain was. So she would never like, you know, this is the last. Anyway, so after three years, I reached out. And from that place, we now it's, you know, a year and a half later, two years later, I mean, he's, we're back, we're back. And it's amazing. He's your brother again. He's my brother again. And he's has a full relationship with my mother and the three of us have a full relationship and my kids call him Uncle David. And it is a miracle that came yeah. out of that trauma. My yeah. mom almost dying and losing her mind. Yeah miracle reconnection with my brother miracle me being able to really see for the first time ever because my mom is a high functioning woman with bipolar like well tell me tell me who your mom was before all of this and you know so we get a picture yeah so my mom brilliant phd psychologist entrepreneur um ever evolving she had you know moved into New York City, lived on the Upper West Side the last 10 years, um, really just always recreating herself. And growing up, there was always, let's go to Africa and bring your friends. We're going to Morocco. There was always, um, I, I found Amma, the hugging saint, and I went to India and now I have a house at her ashram. There were always these like big idiosyncratic, like incredible things that now I'm like, oh, she was manic. Like, clearly. But back growing up, I never was really able to, to see it. And as I got older. Well, you were a child. When I was a child, when I was a teen. And it was I mean, only in adulthood that like we started having con a lot of conflict, a lot of friction, especially when I became a mother. Yes. And it yes. became those 
crazy things that she used to do when she was doing them with my son. No, 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 not okay with me. Uh, yeah. And, for- and also all of our, all of our stuff gets pulled out from under the, you know, our, the depths of our soul that were buried that could have been buried. But now that we see these little people, you, there's a, a reckoning with the little people that we once were Absolutely. in the care of our own mothers. Absolutely. And, yeah. and there was a lack of trust that I had with her and the kids. Yeah. Um, and that changed our relationship. And um, it, it just caused a lot of tension. And so, you know, it was hard. Me and her have had a hard road. And when I saw her at, in that bed restrained, you know, getting electric shock therapy for the first time in my life, I was able to say, this is my mom and she has mental illness. Like I was able to see it. Of course it was so exacerbated and loud, but I was able to see it like the whole lineage of it. Like I was able to see clearly this is my mom. She has mental illness. Right now it is exacerbated, but she has always had mental illness. Yep. And that also, miracle, healing, compassion, compassion for myself as a child of like, wow, why did I always see control in a completely out of control environment? Here are all your answers you ever wondered right here, right now, in the middle of a pandemic. Were you pregnant at the time? So I, so no. So I wasn't pregnant at the time. So my mom was released. So my mom was in Yale um, January, February, March. um, Of 2020? Of 2021. Yeah. January, February, March. She was released from Yale Psychiatric Hospital March. One week later, I get pregnant with Jordy. Were you trying or was this a surprise? We were trying. But it was, oh my gosh, of course. Right. One week later, I'm, I'm pregnant. And then Daniela, wow. the next nine months, because I'm still dealing with my mom. Like I'm still back and forth from New York City, making sure she has AIDS, making sure, like all of it. Well, she got old overnight. Old. She got old overnight. Exactly. Yeah. She got old overnight. And, and you were like still 37. Yeah. With a young child. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is the time. Full-time aid. Had to sell her apartment. Got her into a big two-bedroom that could have a full-time aid. Like all of that was going on. And then I got pregnant. And the next nine months was the worst pregnancy <laughs> I have. So it was just, and it was just like looking back, I could laugh, but like, multiple trips to the emergency room, multiple like, oh, I'm going into early labor, like multiple bleeding out, multiple bleeding uh, out, horrible, horrible, terrifying. Well, we know Jordy B is good and so are you, so we can just be okay with it, but. Jordy B came six weeks early. Oh. So Jordy was. He was like, you know what, mom, I've had enough of this, actually. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Get me out of here and into the world. Enough. So it it went from this pregnancy that was like, are you kidding? To then he, my water breaks six weeks early and then he's in the NICU. So it has, which is really hard. So hard. 
so hard. And I just have so much compassion. First of all, he was like the biggest guy in the NICU. He was five pounds. He was like humongous. Yeah. Um, but like NICU is a universe that is a privilege to be a part of and horrifying to be a part of. And, um, and it was really, really difficult, like leaving the hospital without my child. Like, right. it's just horrible. Um, but shout out to the NICU nurses, shout out to the NICU mamas. Like, that is the stuff that is made of warrior, that makes warriors, because that is not easy. That is not easy. And it was not easy. Um, and never- all the while, you're still caring for your mother because she needs your help. The fuck? The fuck? The fuck? And you're building a business? Well, the business, thank God, was built. And like, shout out, thank God, to my business partner, Allie, who's also my best friend, who just really held the ship, right? We have 10 employees. This is not a small business. Um, We have a business. And she held it all together. Like, she really gave me permission to just go and be at Yale. And then immediately from that, like to go into a horrifying pregnancy immediately after that, to go into a NICU stay and a maternity leave. And your child, you have a young toddler. Like that's a lot of demand in a new place, in a pandemic. Like you guys, you get the picture? Yeah. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. It is a lot of trauma all at once. And you know, you're big enough to hold it. That's the truth. That is the actual truth. Yeah. Um, And you know, fortunately or unfortunately, what I, when I reached out to you, I realized while this is like a very specific story to you, Michelle Garside, it also was indicative of this sandwich generation, this like experience that many of us have. And certainly many more will, will go through where you have young children, you have elderly parents, your own needs, a, a husband, a, you know, whatever else is going on that's normal in life, building a career. Um, and you could speak to that experience better than anyone I know. Yeah. I just created this brand for this person. He's a, an, a, a thought leader in the caregiving, fam- family caregiving space. So exactly what you're saying, like people who are caring for their elder parents, for and we created this brand all around um, care for the giver. Yeah. Care for the giver. Um, yeah. Going from caregiving to care living. Like, how do we take care of ourselves um, when we are so focused on taking care of and those who are above or those who are below? How, how did you? I did. I mean, or is that like a laughable uh, question? Where you're like you didn't. I like didn't. Now is now the time where you're like, well, that was not possible then. I was in the thick of trauma. I was like breathing in and out was was the best I could do. And yeah. And I now mean, is the time. Absolutely. What I will say is, I am so grateful that I am sober. I'm sober. Also, Danielle, I didn't. I, I, I know. You think I don't read your writing? Yeah. I read your writing. I know I'm you're so sober. I'm proud of you. I was sober because if not, I would be blackout. Like I would be blacked out every single day if, if I was not a sober person, because that's how I would deal. Like, of right. course. So, you know, the fact that I haven't lost the baby weight in a past life and years ago, that would be consuming me. 
for net from today, I'm like, okay, like it's what I am, have done to survive. Like, yes. right. So now I hire. Food is really grounding, actually. Food is grounding. And if that is what I'm turning to, I'm not abusing myself with it, but I'm like comforting myself with it. Okay. I get, it's okay. It really okay. is. I really, I really feel that way the first time in my life, truly. <laughs> I was just telling Laura the same thing. She was like, you look so beautiful. And I was like, I think it's because I just eat whatever I want, whenever I want it. And it's the first time in my life where I'm just like, okay with me. I'm like, is it bigger here? Is it smaller there? Is it pimple here? Is it? I cannot care. I have a life to lead. There are important things in this world that need my attention. I cannot be a slave to the scale. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yelling. No, I just it's thought so true. It's like you would appreciate that. <laughs> I so appreciate it. I mean, it's so interesting. With my first with, with Riker Bear, I literally was in a flywheel member competition up until eight and a half months. I yeah. needed to get on the plaque at in flywheel. Um, no, and, I and then after. Oh, yeah. Re literally as soon as I got clearance to to work out like six weeks after whatever back in flywheel like front row here we go yeah and I and I called that health and I called that self-care and I and maybe it was and maybe it wasn't I don't know I'm not that person anymore but whew. I'm not that person anymore and like I yeah I'm not that person anymore and and I'm it's wild that I'm not like I still have these just like awe wonder moment i was just talking to my therapist mark shout out to mark um oh a male therapist I know. interesting he's amazing i bet i know the best yeah. michelle garza he's, he's amazing but he um i was saying it's so wild like i'm i was sitting out at my pool with my two mm. kids and my mom and like I'm not just alone in a room binging and purging watching Bravo. Like, it is crazy to me. No, it's a miracle. It's a it's fucking miracle. miracle. In your beautiful home, like, and even just like the past two years that you detailed, like, that's a lot for anyone. And what's kind of amazing, and I do feel like, I don't know, the addict mind is sort of interesting and you, you and I both share it. And I think like, it's a, it says it in the big book somewhere that like, Actually, um, addicts are usually very high functioning that like even in addiction, even, you know, I, I didn't go down the alcoholic route or, or, or narcotics or anything like that. And although, you know, blessings to all, all the recovered souls who have, I'm like so proud of you, but like even drunk, even high, even, you know, binging, uh, and like you know a slave to flywheel <laughs> shout out to flywheel who actually is wonderful i'm you know like i didn't mean to use you in a, in, in any sort of perverse way but you know like even under all that duress the system functions pretty well most of the time now what happens like you said the first thing that you said well i'm so glad i'm sober that was a lot of demand on your system and like the first thing you said I'm thank God I'm sober. It just really allowed you to be the exemplary, exceptional person that you are. That sometimes 
I think with addicts, like, whoa, there's so much greatness in me. How do I dampen it? And you just allowed yourself to be it. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's interesting what you say about addicts and, and, and the ability to hold so much. One of my, like, mantras, monikers used to be, like, I thrive in chaos. Literally, I would like say that trauma response. I would say that casual trauma response. Like when work stuff was was going crazy, soul camp was going crazy, whatever it was, right? When my son was going crazy, I thrive in chaos. Like I got this. And like after the past few years, let that no longer be what I say. Like I do not need to thrive in chaos. I do not want to be so resilient like I want to sit by my pool and have friends with your mom with your mom and your two kids and have french fries if you want to have french fries it's wild it's wild again only a few years ago I was binging and purging by myself repeatedly in a room watching Bravo trying to take myself off of seamlessweb.com and delivery.com to try to prevent myself from ordering more and even then we all knew we all knew you had the special sauce. Uh-huh. Even you did. That's the interesting thing. Even in that, even in the darkest days, even you did. And that's why you could get yourself out, no? That like little whisper. Yeah, I think there there was a whisper. And I ignored it because I wanted to numb. It was easier to be in this state of not fully here yeah and dissociating disassociating and like yeah i'm fully here and it's hard sometimes and it's wonderful sometimes and it's painful sometimes and it's hurt sometimes but i'm living it i'm alive it's a you're alive same and i said to the girl to the woman at sedona because like one of the questions was like how do we like live with more joy? And like I said, you know, God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, gave us all of these emotions, right? We're able to be happy, sad, confused, fearful, angry. Do you think we're just supposed to use one? Like, do you think we're just supposed to experience happiness all the time? What about everything else we've been given? We're supposed to feel it all. We have this amazing ability to be a soul in a human body that gets to experience anger, that gets to experience sadness, experience it. We're not just supposed to experience joy. Like that's just one of one finger. I think it's probably why you're great at your job because you can, you understand what the longing for the solution is. And if someone has an actual solution, then you could put words to it, you know? Um, that's what a great marketer does. Yeah. A great storyteller does. But but yeah, we, we need those feelings. We need those feelings. Yeah. They're the fuel to our life. And I used to be someone who just wanted to feel bliss. Like, put me in a meditation. Put me on a ski slope. Put me on a... Like, I just want to feel bliss all the time. Bliss, bliss, bliss. And I no longer want that. Like, and that's a big shift for me. Like, I don't want to bypass my human experience. Like, life is hard right now. There is crazy shit going on in this country. Like, I don't want to just meditate my way away from it. I want to feel angry. I should. 
Um, well, not I shouldn't say shit, but I want to feel it. Right? Well, I don't know if you. I'm okay with I should, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay with that. I think like that. That's a sign of health. That if some, so, that if you're if you're bulldozing my boundaries, and those of the people I love, I should feel angry. It's the it's the nervous system saying, "Gear up." Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm really hearing. You know, first of all, I want to say how grateful I am that you um work in the wellness space and that you are. A, a big player in how uh, healers, coaches, mentors, guides um, speak to the, you know, to the public and how they speak about themselves and all of this, because your holistic perspective is so useful. Um, and it's, it's not woo woo. <laughs> it's not woo woo. And you've, we've tried it. We've tried the green juices. We've tried the over-exercising. We've tried the mantras. And, and what we need is reality. Totally. What we need is reality. And we need, and we need healers and mentors and guides and sisters to hold our hand in reality and say, you are big enough to hold this. If you weren't, it wouldn't be yours. Uh, I mean, Danielle, you so walk that talk in every way, truly. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of people and I know authenticity when I see it and, and that is you. And yeah, like it is no longer the time for just manifest anything, manifestation, bliss, 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 universe, universe, let me go to 5D. No, like yeah. we're, we are here, we are now. And like our task is to excavate what is the message within us that our story, our background, what we've gone through, what we know has led us to speak, right? What is the pain that becomes our purpose? What is the mess that becomes our message? What are our wounds that can become our wisdom? And it's ours to tell. And then mm. put work to that, and that's your brand, or that's your whatever, right? You know, I do it from a brand perspective, but it what it is, is it's a soul's purpose, dharma perspective. What are you here to do? What are you here to, to teach, to be? Even if you're not a teacher, an author, an expert, you're a person. What are you here to, to, to share with those around you, your community, your family, or your children? Um, and it's now needed more than ever authentic, genuine, reality-based messaging because the other has not worked as we see it's dissociative it's dissociative and it's not it's not that it doesn't come from a good place we want to feel happy we want to feel skinny because like that looks happy and good and comfortable um you know we we want to feel all these experience all these things that the wellness community or that the spiritual community wants to help with it's it's there's no no one's trying to you know hurt anybody but Um, the spiritual bypassing has not worked. It has not worked. I see it in you. You know, you you experienced this. T- really, I mean, it, it's really gut wrenching to hear what you had to witness with your own mother while you were mothering. Yeah. Really gut wrenching. Yeah. And it is life. It is life. It is life. And so much of like what we sometimes. Um, 
have these conversations around motherhood for whatever reason death is always a part of the conversation because it's so high stakes fear of death the you know just like sitting right in right in between like the newness and the oldness and you know and i will say watching my mom now because she experienced the close to deathness not just in those three months but after she's had lasting effects that you know i could that have been really scary and that we've been having the conversation really up until recently up until last month around like visiting assisted living houses visiting you know these just different homes right for for her to have more full-time care and we're no longer in that conversation and something has definitely shifted but she got so close to that that now she's like i am going to live right oh she went to she was one of the 18 women she went to sedona she signed up for hawaii She's, go, she's going on, she's like, I'm living my bucket list. And sometimes it takes, that's mm-hmm. why it's like that rock bottom, be it in, in actual fear of death or closeness to death or in addiction or in pain or in suffering that can wake you up if you let it and bring you closer to life. I don't know if you've had this experience with your mom, but it sounds like you might have. But um, recently, I we had a scare with mine where, you know, we thought she was like really, really, really sick. And all of a sudden, all of those resentments that I was holding about her imperfection around motherhood. And, and, and it's something I've grappled with for the past five years because I'm now a mother. So I have a lot of compassion for her and I have a lot of still resentment, you know, like no childhood was perfect and that sucks. But, (laughs) but really sitting in that oncologist's office, I was like, Oh my God, the breakfasts. Oh my God. The, the, how, how my, how my son loves her. Oh my God. Like all, it all came rifling through. Oh my God, the kindness. Oh my God, how many times she tried. Oh my God. This is the gift of a near-death experience. Absolutely. I was totally blind to the full reality of my relationship with my own mother. What a blessing. So many people have to wait for death for that reckoning. And for both of us. To have had that reckoning, the the cracking open of our heart to allow for compassion for ourselves and our mother while they're still here, yeah, is amazing. The narrative has shifted for me completely. I mean, it's really I don't. Yeah. You tell me. You tell me your 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 bit, and it doesn't have to be the same. Obviously, but my God, that narrative has shifted. <laughs> like she was the best mom. <laughs> she the, her cooking and what. And I believe it's so interesting. I believe it. And it is true. Like it, it's so it was such a lesson lesson for me in perspective. My- because it's not that the other stuff was so false. It's not. And I've done quite a lot of healing um in my life. But the narrative now that I could not have her around. 
has a opened up to all the many 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 times that she was kind and she was generous and she was loving and she was fun and it's like so much more skewed that way now <laughs> i love that my therapist keep going back to my therapist but he just said because i was talking about my mom and and how different i feel too and he said he's a he is a, a student of a course in miracles and he said um what A Course in Miracles says is that forgiveness can change the timeline. Yeah. Forgiveness and acceptance can truly alter the timeline and create miracles in that life. Yeah. And that's what I feel. I feel like yeah. I feel like there has been a rewriting. Um, a rewriting, yeah. And it's amazing. And how lucky. How lucky are you? Uh, you know, I have a meditation teacher who, who they, you know, he teaches teaches in the Vedic tradition, and in the Vedas, um, past, present, and future aren't in a horizontal line; they're in a vertical line, meaning they're happening like all at once. It's all happening right now in the present, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, and he says um, that. The one step better than forgiveness is like forgetting. We don't have to forget all all of the wrongdoings that have have been done to us. Let's let's just keep that in mind. We don't have to forgive abusers, etc. We do not have to forgive. But a pretty amazing miracle that could happen when you do have a perspective shift, which I think is the definition of a miracle in A Course in Miracles, yeah. is that I literally forgot. Yeah. 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 That's what, li that's what life and death can do for the psyche. Holy, yeah. holy. Holy, yeah. that is profound and true. So, um... We're gonna wrap it up. Whoa! Whoosh! What a great day! Therapy oh. and just a good old heart to heart. I love you so much. Love you too. Are there parting words of wisdom um, for the listener? Yes. Which is life is happening for you, not to you. So everything, the trauma, the mud, the hardship, it's all happening for you. And our job is, as my friend Jennifer Pathblatt says, we have to become beauty hunters. We have to hunt for the beauty. Like I say, we, mm. have, to, we have to mine for the magic in that mud. So if you find yourself in the mud, in the trauma, in the pain, you ask yourself, how is this happening for me? Some way to wake me up, to bring me to a rock bottom, whatever. Um, I truly believe that living that way is creates more liberation for all of us. Hmm. Where can we find you? <gasps> find me. First of all, come over, Easton, Connecticut. Yes. Yeah, um, like those parties look really fun. Legit. It's legit. colorful. Legit. Like I'll you'll I'll invite you to Halloween. It's gonna be next level. I cannot um, wait. 
Yeah. So soulcampcreative.com is all things creating your dream, bringing it to life. Um, soulcampcreative.com. If you're interested in coming to Hawaii with us, enchantmentexperience.com, all things magic in Hawaii. Um, and then find me on Instagram at the Michelle Garside or at soul underscore camp. And, but soul camp creative is the best, the best way in. So definitely check that out. I mean, I love your, your personal writing. So I'm going to, I'm going to give a pitch for at, at the Michelle Garside, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your whole, whole heart. Uh, for all of the notes on the piano, you know? Oh. Thank you for living it. I love you. I love you too. Can't wait to party. Hey, Cannot wait.